Fuck that. Special technique of God shadow damn. Jorge Vergara, the worst owner in Major League Soccer, is gone. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's cracking, buddy? Nothing much, man. Uh, over here in Jersey, we, we've got a heat wave going on. It, it hasn't snowed for a while. The snow's actually melting. There's sunshine. It, it, almost, it almost feels like springtime. I, I'm over my most re- recent illness. I'm, I'm healthy. And I'm ready to go, and there's a ton, a ton to talk about. Yes, lots to talk about. We apologize for not doing three shows this week, but Ivis and I will get back to that. But as Ivis just alluded to, we do have a lot to talk about, and that's a lot of Major League Soccer talk. Chivas USA, Ivis, is no more. They are no moss. The league has bought back the GOATs, uh, saying that Chivas USA is going to stay in L.A. They're going to change the name. I mean, for me, Ivis, and and I think for the rest of the league, this is obviously a no-brainer. Something had to be done. Oh, you know, without a doubt, it was it was it was just an ugly situation. You had an owner there who just didn't know what the heck he was doing or he knew what he was doing and he didn't care. You know, he he just he he saw the team for, you know, as just a commodity that he was kind of, you know, parking, uh, waiting for, you know, someone to come along and and offer to buy it. And, you know, what you've had now for a couple of years is just negligence on his part as an owner. And he's really turned that team into a laughing stock. But thankfully, that is now over. MLS has, has, has bought the team and 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 has uh, several potential owners lined up mm-hmm. uh, to potentially buy the team. They're keeping it in LA. I know some people are asking why or oh, why are you keeping it in LA, uh, but I'm sorry, folks. LA is a good market and it can handle two teams. You just have to do it the right way. You just have to be good about it. I mean, a t- a city as big as LA can handle two teams absolutely but you have to have smart owner you have to have a smart ownership group people who have a clue what the heck they're doing obviously Chivas USA did not fit that bill they always had a bit of a just kind of short-sighted and very limited approach that just was never going to work and then when they were when they when their product on the field was 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 even worse than the idea uh they were always doomed to fail so now that you know they've gotten rid of Vergara uh, the league is taking over. Uh, there's no timetable as of right now as for when they're going to sell the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, it sounds like there's a lot of interest in party, interested parties. And I know there have been rumors making the rounds. You've heard Stan Kroenke and, you know, L.A. Arsenal or, you know, all this talk. <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, there's all kinds of stuff floating around. But, I mean, I think just the fact that Vergara's out and MLS is now mm-hmm. going to have this kind of you know, selection process where, the, you know, it sounds like they've got a few different team, a few different groups interested. Uh, and the fact that they're keeping it in L.A., I think is a positive. I think, you know what, you don't want to have the Galaxy have L.A. all to itself. I mean, that's just that's well, just that's uh, crazy. Then I mean, with all the with all the youth. Well, yeah, exactly. The, LA is too yeah. big. LA is massive. It's too big. I mean, the Galaxy the, will the, be too, the, the Galaxy will be too tough to stop. Yeah, the it, Galaxy. It would. L- L.A. has a lot of talent. That's the thing. People don't really – the talent in L.A. In California, I mean, we see so many U.S. men's national team guys get called up. But that's the thing. I mean, the differences between Riverside to Orange County to L.A. where the Galaxy play uh, up to Pasadena. I mean, look, L.A. is massive. It can support two teams for sure. Just to be done no, right. doubt, no, doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, it, it isn't as if 
I mean, as good as the Galaxy have been, is I mean, they've won titles, mm-hmm. they've played attractive soccer, they've signed big names. It's not as if they have this un, untouchable stranglehold on the market. No. I can guarantee you, if, if the right ownership group comes in L.A., uh, gives that team the proper kind of name, something that, that, that's got a hook to it, uh, and they put a good team on the field, I guarantee you over time you're going to have another another group there because it's just natural for people to kind of uh, not – there is no kind of one-size-fits-all when you talk about a city that big mm-hmm. – uh, to have just one team, I think you, as long as as long as you have a new team that's kind of di- that differentiates itself from the galaxy, and is run by smart people, it will thrive. I'm telling you, folks, it will thrive. Uh, anyone who really doesn't think LA is a soccer city, I would disagree. I've been there. I've been there a bunch of times, and and, and you get a sense that there is a vibrant soccer community there that can handle absolutely can handle two teams. I've, hey, I'm out in LA all the time for work too. I mean, I, I hey, I witness all the, the vibrant soccer community out there firsthand. I mean, dude, LA is, it's insane. Uh, I mean, the question is though, Ivis. I mean, where do they move the team? Do they get? I mean, they should for one find their own stadium, and and I think they'll have that option. But but this brings me back to the point of why I think that Regaro is so just dumb and inept at what he's doing. I mean, for me, I, I thought I always thought that a, a name change, a brand change with Chivas USA, you move him somewhere else, and the team would do well. I mean, whoever, whoever moves in with this is going to have a really good uh, you know, option at their hand to succeed and, and do a very good job. Right. I mean, you know, I'm not... I, I'm not interested in bashing Vergara anymore. I think it's what's been said has been said. The guy was a terrible owner. Let's move on. Uh, as, long, as, as I've said already, as long as you get a smart owner in there, that takes full advantage of everything that's there, everything that's at that team's disposal. When you think about the talent that's there, the on the youth level, uh, you you know the Galaxy are going to have to share that. They're going to have to split that. Uh, you know, from what I understand, Chivas USA's youth setup is actually pretty pretty good. It's actually, uh, you know, they've got some pretty strong. Uh, 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 they have a pretty strong system there. Uh, that that's actually maybe even in healthier shape than the than the senior team. So. Uh, there, there's there's hope there. There's hope there. I think they need to change the team name. I think that's obviously going to happen at this point. Uh, but I, I, I tell you what, five years from now, I think we're going to see two healthy and vibrant uh, LA teams, and I think that's good for the league. Uh, as long as they don't name it Los Angeles FC, as long as it's not something like that. LAFC. I, mean, uh. I don't know. I, I I I'm not. You know, I'll take that over. You know, <laughs> I don't know some some name. Uh, named after a, a TV show. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> L.A. Law. There we go. Nice. That could, actually, that could be a good one. That's actually yeah. not bad, Ivis. That, okay, that, that, that's not bad. It's not great, L.A. Though. Law? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll leave, we'll leave it We'll leave it that MLS to figure that out. But you know what? I think it's a big day when the league can get rid of dead weight. Yes. And they got rid of dead weight when they got rid of Jorge Vergara. Yeah, another, uh, I mean, especially with the, the club scene with the expansion team, another good move by Major League Soccer. Speaking of Chivas USA, I mean, look, already, Ivis, their, their 2014 season is already not off to a good start. They tie a PDL side in the Desert Diamond Cup. So, unfortunately, it's going to be a long season for them on the field. Ah, uh, settle down. It's preseason. <laughs> they are, they've actually been doing well. They be, You know, funny enough that you would mention that they tied this PDL team today. <laughs> I didn't hear you mention when they beat Real Salt Lake, uh, Bofo Batista scoring left and right in preseason. I, I, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put too much into the in, into these preseason. That makes results. it that, seem like an, I'm a Real Salt Lake fan. Uh, no, you're an employee. We already established this. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't read too much into I, it. I I actually, I'm, I, I'm joking. If result, anyone doesn't get, I was, I was joking. 
the results, the results that Chivas have gotten, and and actually the play of Bautista uh, is is actually a little encouraging because I think most people figured you know Bautista's coming here, you know Bofa's out of shape, he's older, he doesn't really want to be here, he's going to be a nightmare, he's going to be one of these signings who just just doesn't come to play. But I tell you what, he I feel like he he scored in every preseason game for them, so he seems up for it. Maybe I think he sees it as an opportunity to jump back to, to, to Liga MX, whatever the motivation, if he plays well, if he does his thing, I mean, it'll make him that much better. I mean, they, they already have Eric Torres. They have Mauro Rosales. Uh, obviously, they have Dan Kennedy and, and Carlos Bocanegra. They got some pieces there. I, I mean, I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think they should be better than they were last year. I think, they, I think they'll be competitive. I, I, don't, I still don't see them as a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to be that kind of train wreck embarrassment that we've seen in the past. And uh, obviously, that that's going on. That's the Desert Diamond Cup that's going on right now. Uh, that's in Tucson. Also going on right now is the Walt Disney. That's uh, that's going on. Then you have the Carolina Challenge Cup. A few more MLS teams that starts uh, on Saturday. Speaking of the Walt Disney Cup, uh, Sporting Kansas City is there. Ivis. They made a little bit of a move uh, over the past twenty four hours, trading Teal Bunbury to the New England Revolution for a first round draft pick in next year's draft and allocation money. Your thoughts on this trade? Uh, I think it's a win win. I think it actually is the perfect deal for both parties. Uh, Sporting Kansas City has too many forwards. Uh, mm-hmm. They have obviously CJ Sapong, Dom Dwyer, Claudio Beeler's back. Uh, Suni Saad is there. They drafted a forward, so they had they, they had too many. And uh, you know, Teal Bunbury has trade value. They were able to get a pretty pretty good package in return. Um, you know, they got a first round pick next year, and they, and they received some allocation money. Mm-hmm. And Teal Bunbury goes to a team that ex- that needs exactly the kind of player he can be. Uh, I know there's still questions about how how much how close can he can he get all the way back to his to where he was before he tore his ACL and you know obviously that that remains to be seen but I think now that he's had this offseason uh, to work on getting even stronger from post surgery uh, I think we should see him be closer to what he was and and I think he's a perfect fit on that team he's still a young player he's only 23 he's joining a young and and dangerous attack in New England. With all the pieces they have there, with Diego Fagundes, Kellen Rowe, Lee Wynn, uh, they they got a lot of nice parts there. They've added these these rookies and Patrick Mullins and Steve Newman. I think he fits in well there. Uh, if he can stay healthy, he'll be the perfect target player that they yes. need to kind of help help pick up the slack for Juan Agudelo leaving because they don't have anyone really like him. Sire sends, mm-hmm. you know, recovering from injury. Mbango's not really quite on that level. So I'll tell you what, it's all set up there. For Till Bunbury to have a big 2014. That's right. And, and the other thing, too, is that Juan Agadillo, I mean, he also played on the wing last year for the Revolution, so he wasn't always, you know, the target forward. And, and for him, being the lone target forward with this team with the creative players, as you mentioned, man, dude, New England New England's a fun team to watch. And one of those reasons why they're a fun team to watch. And one of those players is Diego Fagundes. Ivis, you recently uh, talked to him. Uh, you had a piece about it on Gold.com. Everyone could check it out. But uh, a young guy like him, Ivis, hasn't picked a national team yet. What was it like discussing... Uh, with a player like him who who really came onto the scene last year. Well, you know, the, the thing with Fagundes is he's so young uh, and he's still so kind of, you know, as much as he's kind of a quote-unquote veteran, uh, you know, coming in the, you know, year four in MLS for him. But uh, he, you realize how young he is when you talk to him and, and, and you just see him kind of react to things. And, you know, he, he was easily the youngest player at this uh, MLS media session that they had in uh, at Red Bull Arena on Monday, you had players from you had the top players from around the league there. You had uh, you know Mike, Michael Bradley, Landon Donovan, Omar Gonzalez, Terry Henry, Tim Cahill, you know all these superstar players. 
And Fagunas was there, and he just, you know, it was just funny seeing him just kind of, you know, walking around and just wide-eyed kid. And the thing about him is, I mean, you could argue, make a pretty good argument. He's the best teenager in the history of MLS. I mean, you could you can say, you know, it's it's not unquestioned, but you can make that argument. I mean, obviously, Josie Altador, uh will make a case. I mean, you had Andy Nahar when he was in the league. Uh, I mean, there's been some really good good teenagers come through, but I mean, his 2013, uh, no rookie had ever even scored 10 goals in a season, and he's, I mean, no teenager had scored 10 goals in a season. He scored 13 last year, so you know, it it it, it just makes you wonder how much further he can go. And then when you think about, okay, here he is, best teenager in MLS, but he doesn't have a national team affiliation, and and he's in a bit of limbo, and I, and I, and that, that's why I think he doesn't get the attention that maybe he deserves because. There isn't that natural tie-in that 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 you know U.S. national team thing that makes people care that much mm-hmm. more for players. You know, it's one thing, if, you know, if you're just some kind of foreign player. You know, people who are fans of your club team will will, will appreciate you. But when when we talk national team, it's love. It's a love. It's a love hate thing. It's it's an emotional thing. If Fagunes was eligible for the U.S. right now, I mean, it'd be. It'd be, there'd be some Julian Green type love going on right now with, with Diego Fagundes. But for those who aren't aware, he is—he uh, only recently got his green card in October. Mm-hmm. So that means we're talking at least four more years to wait for the next step, which is citizenship. So he needs that to play for the U.S. So that means no Olympics in 2016. And that means maybe 2018 World Cup if he doesn't play for Uruguay between now and then. Now, luckily for the U.S., Uruguay is pretty stacked as it is. You, you know, Uruguay has a ton of talent. Um, it's not as if they're rushing to to cap tie him either. So that one bears watching because this kid is so good. Yeah, he is. And you just wonder, and you just wonder how good he can get because I mean, the, I mean, at, at, to to score thirteen goals, thirteen goals and seven assists as an eighteen year old. I mean, come on, that is in a, in an MLS that's tougher than the league of five ten years past. So I mean, I I don't know what he's going to do this year. Uh, especially now that he has that extra confidence, mm-hmm. they've been through the playoff wars. That group, uh, they're going to come in with confidence. So I, I'm excited to see what he does. And I tell you what, if he plays for the U.S., I mean, he'd be such a great addition because he, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at his age group in that age range, I mean, I don't know who's better than him in, in that group when you want, when you want to talk about American players. Just his, I I saw him at the Desert Diamond Cup three years ago, and I mean I remember him just being like the youngest kid there, and just watching his development Ivis over the last couple of years has, has just been amazing. And this past year, exactly right, just how good he's been. It, it's I really hope that he moves over to the national team, but but as you said, I mean he's still a young kid. Let's let's see what he does in year two. I mean sorry, not year I, two, but but with another, you know, let's have him hope he builds off his successful year last year. Right. I mean I think the big thing is that. There's no rush right now because Uruguay is not knocking on the door. Uruguay, you know, they got I think they got Luis Suarez, they got Edison Cavani, Diego Forlan. I think they're all right. I think they get, they got enough talent right now, so they're not not they're not you know they're not hassling Diego Fagundes to go play for them. So from that standpoint, the U.S. Uh, you know is still in play for him, and it, he very much sounds like he's up in the air either way. It very much sounds like the first of the two national teams that calls him, he's going to play for. It. Yeah, that's the impression I got. That's the impression he gave. He gave, you know. He he, he and I got to tell you, the, the the great great thing about this kid, I mean, he looks like he he should be the he should be the front of a preteen boy band. Number one, number two, the kid speaks perfect Spanish, like fluent Spanish. 
and and you know English with no accent like he and he turns it on from English to Spanish I mean he's a marketing dream this kid right so I mean you like to you as much as you always got to be wary of over hyping and over exposing kids that age he's been a pro for several years now he had his big 2013 now if he puts it if he puts it together again in 2014 then you then it gets to that point when yeah you need to start marketing this kid you need to start making this kid one of the faces of the league and, and I'll give I'll tell you what I'll give MLS credit for not rushing that for not pushing him out there too much because I don't you don't really get that sense you don't really you know whether and whether it's because he's not a U.S. player or what for whatever the reason may be I think it's good for him that they're not pushing him in that way because. He's only, you know, he's young. There's no need to, there's no need to overexpose him. And we, you know, we've seen what happens when we do that, when that's been done in the past. And, and I think yep. it only serves him well if they let him just grow, let him grow up. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about that a little later on in the show. Uh, speaking of young players, Ivis uh, Armando uh, Moreno, a player with the New York Red Bulls, did not sign with them, has now moved over to uh, Tijuana, Club Tijuana, and I think he's probably now the 15th American to uh, to join them. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to have to change that name pretty soon. It's going to be, you know, Club USA Tijuana. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they, they, this was an interesting move. I think it caught some people off guard just because, you know, Moreno's a homegrown player for the Red Bulls. And, and I think I think most people who follow the Red Bulls were under the impression that he was part of the team for 2014. And, you know, basically from what, it, you know, from what my sources have told me and what I've been able to piece together, what it boiled down to was the Red, you know, he, he was due for a raise in 2014. He was due... You know the next the next um, ex- a year the next extension for him the option year for him was going to pay him more money you know significantly more money for him uh, and the Red Bulls didn't want to pay that you know they 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 saw him as a player who they ju- who still wasn't going to produce he wasn't going to play for them in 2014 realistically he's a young player and you know I think there were some reservations about okay are we really going to double this kid's salary when he's he's not going to play in 2014 either. So, you know, I think there were some concerns about the precedent that would set. All that being said, it's not a good look when you let a homegrown player walk, especially one who's never really played for you. You know, I mean, we're talking about a U.S. under-20 player. You know, a lot, you know, there's been, a, you hear a lot of good things about him as far as potential and, and, and ability. So for him to just walk away for nothing, I mean, that that's just not a good look. Having said that, as you know, the Red Bulls have a ton of talent in their pipeline. So I think there's some questions there, some questions there about, uh, you know, maybe that that's what led to their decision is that, you know, do we want to set a precedent on how much we pay our homegrown players when we have so many coming up the pipeline? Do we want to make room for this kid? Is there someone else coming up the pipeline that we'd rather have? So I think it's not as, you know, I mean, I heard all kinds of theories about what happened here. I mean, I even heard some people suggest that, oh, maybe they just dropped the ball. They forgot to sign him. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, folks. This is professional sports. Like, that's that's a little extreme, the idea that they forgot. I, I, from what I understand, it just came down to they didn't want to pay him uh, what they were on the hook for in his option year. They tried to negotiate a smaller number, and that was in the pro- in the process of going down. And then this Club Tijuana op- opportunity came about. And and Moreno pounced on it, and which is well within his right because he he was he was not in contract. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one, and and we will see we will see in a few years if the Red Bulls drop the ball on this one. You know, because at the end of the day, if they cost themselves someone who who turns out to be a real player, mm-hmm. then the, then the, that that's when you can ask questions. That's when you can say, did you guys really let this kid walk for thirty thousand or whatever, however much 
whatever the difference was in money, did you really cost yourself this kid for that? And we'll see. You know, it's not a guarantee the kid's going to pan out, but we'll find out. It's going to take a few years, but we're going to see. We'll, we, you know, time will tell. Just if whether the Red Bulls dropped the ball or whether maybe just maybe it was a move that they needed to make and and mm. paved the way for another one of their young talents. Uh, New York's right. New York's academy is pretty deep. Actually, I watched this kid play earlier this year in uh, in December. He's uh, caught my eye, Evans. He's pretty good. Uh, speaking of New York Red Bulls, Heath Pierce uh, looks set to be joining the Montreal Impact. Ivis, is this a good move? Well, it's not official yet. I mean, I think he's there on trial. Well, that's why I, I said look. He... I said looks set. That's that insane. Right. Well, he yeah. <laughs> well, just to clarify to anyone that's curious, he hasn't signed yet. But having said that, I mean, I think he would be a great pickup. For Montreal, I mean, just between his versatility, his experience, Montreal. I've been saying it from jump. They need center back help. Heath Pierce can play center back. The big, the, you know, there was obviously a big question about how he would recover from the the surgery that he had. He had a hip, this hip surgery. He had a degenerative condition that 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 really sidelined him, and he finally had surgery on. And there were some questions about how he would recover from that. And I don't know if that's really what kind of left him without a club and left him with what seemed like surprisingly few options up to this point. But whatever it, whatever the reason, whatever led to this, I think it could end up being a big steal for Montreal. And if, if Heath, Pierce, Heath Pierce plays his cards right, I mean, this could be a perfect situation for him. You know, you, you're playing on grass. You're playing for a player's coach in, in, in Frank Klopas. And, and <clears throat> you have a Montreal team that's got some talent. You know, they're, they're not that – you know, they were in the playoffs. They made the playoffs last year. How, you know, are they that far away? Maybe he's that piece of the puzzle that helps them hold on to that playoff spot. So I think from that standpoint, good move for Montreal if they sign him. Uh, speaking of Canadian clubs, uh, some bad news happened to Toronto FC. I mean, the run of good luck has kind of finally come to a close. Uh, Bright DK Ivis was making a push to appear on the Na- Nigerian national team for the World Cup. You reported earlier this week that he suffered a long-term injury. I believe he tore his Achilles, second time in three years. I mean, very very unfortunate for him and for Toronto FC. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was it was definitely, uh, I mean, I got to say, you know, I love I love breaking news, but th- that was one of the one little more depressing, uh, you know, scoops that I've ever had to put up. I, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was almost, I was almost half hoping I was wrong. I got to tell you, because this is a guy in Bright DK who's already been through so much. I mean, he tore his ACL two years ago. That set him back. He fought all the way back. He put himself in a position to get looks from Nigeria. He played for Nigeria, scored a goal against Italy in London. I mean, there were talk. There was talk about him potentially going to the World Cup with Nigeria. He was looking like he was going to be an important piece for Toronto FC. Everything was set up for him to have a 2015, and then he goes and tears his Achilles. I mean, it's just awful, awful, awful stuff. Um, I mean, you don't you only hear great things about this kid. I mean, wh- whether it's people in Portland who got to know him when he was with the Timbers, and now when he's been been in Toronto. I mean, it's just it's just sad when you see. I mean, good guys that that have this kind of just bad luck. It's just awful. It really is. And and just to confirm, yes, uh, it, it looks like Toronto FC finally on Thursday got around to confirming that it, it's a long term injury. They still haven't come out and said what the specifics are of the injury, uh, but it does. It, it looks like Toronto has has kind of. It looks like Tim Bezmichenko, uh their general manager, did did step uh, come out on Thursday and address it and did call it a long term injury. So, uh, you know, it, it it hadn't been confirmed yet. Um, I actually, Bright, looking at this, Bright DK uh, tweeted 
yesterday, surgery went well. I'm blessed to receive so many kind words. I thank God for the people around me. Now I'm passing out for at least 10 hours. Oh, you got to love it. I mean, this, this, I mean, he has such a heart, heart of a champion, this guy. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I tell you what, I kind of felt bad because that morning I had written a column about Toronto FC and how everything just is going right for them. Everything they touch turns to gold. Uh, they're pushing the envelope. They're pushing, they're bending the league rules. They're, they're, uh, and they're putting together this monster team. And, and, and I, and I ended the column with something along the lines of, uh, you know, even that, even their, even their problems are win-win situations. And then lo and behold, boom. <laughs> Right, DK tears his Achilles. It's just awful, just have, awful stuff. Have you thought that you're bad luck to teams? <laughs> no, not really. I, mean, I think just, you might be. Here's 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 an example. Toronto FC, RSL's never won. You know, with you at their championship games, and then so, Portland, uh, and then Portland, uh, where your second family is. I mean, look what happened to them this year. They didn't win it. That might. Wait, what happened? You, what happened to Portland? They didn't win. The, they didn't win the. Uh, didn't you, you pick them to win the championship? They didn't win it. So, you're wait, bad luck, Ivis. Officially Ooh, bad wait. luck. I, I picked them to win. I'm picking Portland to win the championship in 2014. Not, I didn't pick them last Wait, year. Who'd you pick last year then? Uh, I think well before the season. I thought you picked Portland. Uh, no, no way. Not in year mm-hmm. one. Of them. We might have to go back and check the tape. Go check the tape, buddy. I, I definitely have to go back. I, I might have picked. I might have. Oh, you know who I picked? I picked Seattle. I picked Seattle. Oh, see, yeah. look what happened. Bad, bad luck. Confirmed. Well, yeah. well, I tell you what. <laughs> before the playoffs began, I picked Sporting Kansas City, just for the record, and that was not a popular pick. I- I'd like to point out. But you know what? You can't be. Uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't be right all the time. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Can... All right, all right. I was, hey, uh... just remember. Just remember who picked co- who picked Coach of the Year? Caleb Porter. Newcomer of the Year? Diego Valeri. Just, just what I just like to point that out. I don't even remember that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Moving on, I guess. Um, <laughs> episode four. Episode four. Episode four. Go. How do you remember this stuff? Uh, I just I picked the number out of a hat. I, totally I wonder if that is right. Not to check it. Uh, is, down in Mexico, <laughs> Jose Villarreal and Ra- Rafael Baca, who just joined Cruz Azul a few months ago, they've been sent down to Cruz Azul's B team. What does this mean? Is this bad? Is this good? Do they need playing time? What's up? You know the the thing is when they went there there were there was already talk as they were heading down there that this was a possibility and you got to remember Cruz Azul is a strong team they're the, they're the, right now they're the top team in Mexico um so it was never going to be an easy situation for the, those guys to just walk into Cruz Azul and get playing time uh make an impact it, it was never going to be easy um so now they've moved down to the second division you know they can still get some playing time there and especially with Villarreal a younger player, you know, if he can get steady playing time, then it's still helping him. Uh, you know, Rafael Baca is another situation, obviously. He had a year left on his deal in San Jose. He wanted to leave. They let him go. Uh, but he's a, he's, in a, he's a bit of an older player. He's, he's, he's in a kind of a tough spot there. You know, you just, you know, you wonder sometimes uh, if the grass, you know, the grass is not always greener. So uh, you got you got to wonder what's going to happen there. Uh, on the bright side, Michael, uh, Michael, Farfan is st- Michael Farfan is still with Cruz Azul's first team, so whether that means he's going to get some playing time or he is impressing the coaching staff, uh, at least all three former MLSers did not get the demotion. And speaking of the LA Galaxy, Ivis, they made some moves. They signed Raul Mendiola, and they also signed Bradford Jamison IV to homegrown player contracts. Yeah, you know, the, it's interesting that they announced this one on Thursday. This, is, this had actually been reported months ago. I thought it was already a done deal months ago, so... Uh, but just to touch on it, I mean, both of these kids are, are quality prospects. 
you know, are they going to make an impact in year one? Probably not. Uh, but but they do have some good talent. They are perfect candidates to be a part of that whole USL. Yep. Uh, USL Pro Team, LA2, LA Galaxy 2. Um, so, you know, there you go. Per, already, uh, you know, you're seeing uh, the potential dividends of that, of that setup. So uh, the rich are getting richer on the youth know, side. Man. And, uh, you know, some teams know what they're doing. Some teams don't. Dude, LA, LA is doing it right. They Teams need to follow what they are doing right here. This is what every team should be doing. Well... To be fair, not, not every team not has every, the money, but not the teams every, that do have well, the not, money. Well, not every team has the money. Not every team has the the talent pool to pick pluck from. They don't. Not every team has lost the greater Los Angeles area and all the youth talent that's there. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's, it's, you know, they're swimming in, they're swimming in, uh, they're fishing in some, 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 you know, fish infested ponds there. So, uh, you know, but yeah. hey, all credit. They still have to, they still have to do the work. They still have to. Uh, you know, get that talent into the setup, into the professional setup, and uh, they're doing pretty well for themselves. When you look at Jossi Zardes, um, Oscar Sortos, you know, he has a possibility to play a role this year, Jack McBean, uh, and now you've got these these two, so that's five homegrowns right there. Uh, and you also you also have to think that the Villarreal loan was was maybe, you know, done in part to pave the way for to make room for these guys. Maybe, you know, only, uh, only time will tell. Uh, moving over, Ivis, to the... Uh... Americans abroad, but more 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 U.S. men's national team talk. Uh, something interesting happened earlier this week. Julian Green. Well, first off, Ivis, we can't have a show where we don't talk about Julian Green, right? He's the flavor of the month. What can you say? <laughs> oh yeah, and we're just we're just feeling that. Anyways, uh, earlier this week when he was announced to the uh, to be part of the, uh, the the national team camp that's going to be going on in Europe before the Ukraine friendly. Um, you know, Freddie Dude did that interview with with Blackpool, and it was it was kind of interesting to see kind of just the course of two careers. You know, young guys who receive a lot of hype, and you know, there's a lot of fans out there that do that. You know, they want to point the next young guy as, oh, this is the savior, this is the guy that's going to do it for us. And I mean, you you kind of laid it out in a piece that you wrote on Gold.com that just explained, you know, where with these young guys, you know, we have to take it easy, we have to you know take our time. You know, it's just it's interesting to see the contrast between you know Freddie Dude what he was talking about, he really opened up, and now. Julian Green, where everyone's trying to hype him up a lot, <clears throat> right? I mean, you, it's. Uh, I just found it interesting, and uh, the fact that it was the same exact day that the Freddie Adu video came out, where he had this interview with with Blackpool's social media people. And I do want to point out this: this is a very weird situation with this video, right? Okay, it's one thing he he hasn't signed yet, right? Um, I just want to give people some perspective on what's going on with this video because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're Freddie Adu, you've been training there. It's supposed to just be a training stint, right? He's yeah. out of contract. He doesn't have a club. He went there to be in a in, in a in a club structure so he can he can get fit and be fit. It's just way tougher to try to maintain your fitness when you're training on your own. Uh, you don't have a support system. It's much easier to be in a team structure to do that. He went there for that. He went there to train. It was not a trial. He went there to train. Mm-hmm. So he's been there for a while now. They asked him to do this interview. You know, Freddie Adu is one of you know he's one of the most agreeable guys around. And you ask him to do something, he'll do it. So he did it, right? And he and and, and when you watch the video, you know he seems to be in a good mood. Um, but the thing is, with this video, apparently Blackpool or Blackpool social media people are shopping this video like it's uh, I don't know, like it's a uh, 
<laughs> like exclusive it's sex- exclusive you know, news yeah like it's just well no i mean it's almost like it's a freaking sex tape i mean they are literally i mean they're <laughs> emailing they're no i mean they're emailing it all over the place and it's just like hello you're uh you're supposed to be a professional soccer team why are you like pushing the hell out of this video of a player who you haven't even signed yet right so it's all a little weird it's all a little sketchy but then you go on the YouTube channel where this video can be found, and the Freddie Adu video eh, twenty times more more views than anything they've put out recently. And then it, it, then there you go, it all makes Genius. sense. They realize they've struck lightning in a bottle here. People who actually are interested in Freddie Adu, so they're like, "Holy crap! Let's tell everyone who listen. Let's mass email every media outlet in America. See if who pick it up." Even though at this point there's no deal in place, there's they're they're not signing him, yet yet, yet they're promoting the heck out of his video. So th- for me, I don't know. It just feels a little dirty. It just feels a little well, weird. I'm I'm personally just, offended. They didn't email me. I'm now offended. Well, he's not. Well, if Freddie Dewey was from Arizona, I'm sure you would have got a, I'm sure you would got I got an email. But it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's no, like it's he, it's it's bizarre. You it's, you it's, haven't signed the guy. Well, he's not even on trial. Why? That's the other thing that that's even well, more well, interesting. Well, 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 here's the, here's the thing, and I've said it a million times on the show and other places. Europeans don't get the concept of training stints. For them, a tr- it, like, there's no for them that does that doesn't exist. For them, is if you're with a team and you're not on contract, you are on trial. Like they don't grasp that there's a differentiation, uh, and just because you're there doesn't mean you're literally on trial. It just means you're training, and that happens. And and you know, but I, I don't know. But to get back to the original point. It was just interesting that the mm-hmm. same day that Freddie Adu comes out with his first real public interview in what feels like a year, right? Since before he left uh, Brazil, uh, he, he so he does this video and, and, and surfaces for the first time in months. And it's the same day this comes out is the same day the Julian Green news comes out that he's going to train with the U.S. And obviously that had U.S. fans up in arms. They were like, oh, my Lord, you know, Julian Green, he might play for the U.S. Oh, my Lord. So the same day mm-hmm. to have both those things happen. I mean, come on. It was a little it, it, it was just it, it was surreal in a way. It was almost like the timing, the cosmic timing of it. It was just too much. And, and it made me think, you know what? There's there's a message there. There's a, oh, there's, yeah. a there's a message there. Like, look at what happened with Freddie. Look at all the hype surrounding him. Look how much pressure was put on him. And look what it did to him. Because it didn't help him. And he'll be the first to tell you, it didn't help him. And take it easy with the with, with, with Julian Green. Obviously, everyone has a right to feel excited about the possibility of a Bayern Munich prospect, a player who Bayern Munich clearly rates and Pep Guardiola cre- uh, clearly rates. Uh, it's exciting to have that kind of player potentially playing for the U.S., but let's take it down a notch. Let's let let the kid play. I mean, he isn't even playing regularly uh, on the on a first division level right now. He's playing fourth division when he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did get the cameo in the Champions League, but let's take it easy. Let's let's like I I mean I say it all the time, but like in this instant, it's like here you go. Here's your exhibit A of why you should take it easy. Freddie do, folks. Freddie do. Same day, the Julian Green news broke. Here mm-hmm. is your guy, a perfect example of why you don't want to push too much on these young kids. No. And and that's not a knock. And, and mind you, this is not a knock on Freddie. Because, like, in my piece, I made it clear. People who are writing Freddie do off, it's like, what's up with these people? Like, to, like it's almost as if some people want him to fail. Some people, it's like they revel in the misery. He's 24 <laughs> years old. The kid is rich. The kid is sitting on a mint. He's doing it right for himself, right? He's struggling right now, trying to find a club. 
He does have options. He's going to end up somewhere. But settle down, folks. Like you and know he can what? Still, and like, he can still play too. He's had. He he's can. Shown, st- I mean, look, I I, I can remember specific games. I mean, th- that Gold Cup, the game against the Red Bulls during the day. I mean, Freddie Do has, still has it. He can still play. It's people just uh, need to, you know people what? Need I, to I, settle I, down. You know, yeah, you know what it is. Honestly, man, I, I don't know what it is. It's almost like some people, some, and I, and I don't want to say a lot. Some, a few. It's almost if it's almost if they want him to fail. It's almost like they want to revel in in, in just 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 pushing him into the mud and, and seeing him finished off, seeing him retire. Maybe because he didn't live up to expectations. Maybe there's resentment there. Maybe it's like you know but what? Who cares? It's his life. It's not their life. That, that's the, yeah. You know like, what? People get people develop eh. attachments. People develop emotional connections, whether positive or negative, toward players. I know. You've seen it. There, I know. There's, like, there, there's fans relax. who love guys. There's fans who hate guys. Josie Altidore, perfect example. I mean, how many? There is a whole little little cross segment of U.S. fans who hate Josie Altidore, or, or not hate. All oh, right. Oh yeah, it's not hate. It's just we're critical. We're realistic. Like no, folks, you seem to go out of your way. You come out of your shells. You come out of your caves as soon as the kid starts struggling. And I feel like the same thing happens with Freddie Adu. It's like let the kid play. Let the kid. Let him live. It has nothing I to agree, do with your man. life. He has nothing to do with your life. Let him live his life. You, 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 you're not, you know what? What do you get out of bashing the like, <laughs> him? Like, Dude, they're normal people. Every athlete is a normal person. They got the same problems we got. You know, they didn't call their girlfriend on time, so they got to deal with their girlfriend for the rest of the day. I mean, you know, it's like they got the same, they got the same, they're just normal. That's the thing. I guess to me, I just see them as they're just normal people that happen to be really good at sports. Like me, you know what? I'm just a normal guy that's just, you know, really good at, you know, talking to girls. You know, I mean, some some people have to live with these difficulties. Here's my thing. Here's my thing, folks. You don't have to love all, you don't have to love every player. You don't have to love all players. You don't have to be a fan of all players but you don't have to hate these guys you don't have to yeah. want them to fail i mean obviously if they've done something to you if, if one of them took your girl or something like that then that's a whole nother story but if you don't know these guys what is with the emotional like i don't know fix you get out of seeing these guys fail it's it just boggles my mind it really does and i and i don't know i mean it is what it is it's part it's part of uh you know what's funny i'll bring it up now mm-hmm. now that i thought now that it occurred to me uh, I tweeted about it earlier in the week. There was a there was a Slate magazine article talking about internet trolls and about the psychological makeup of internet trolls, and it was fascinating. It basically tells you what you would expect about internet trolls. And for those folks who don't know what an intro is, internet trolls are just pretty much negative people who just love to just spout negative stuff on the internet. They 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 flood message boards with negative comments. They bash people. They bash players. They bash other commenters. They just set a negative tone overall, and it, and it's just just a real bad element. It really just 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 seedy part and really unfortunate part of the internet. And it was just fascinating to me just to read real actual explanations for the behavior. And it just you know what some people can't help it. Some people, you know, they 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 they're just kind of deprived in certain ways, and and like that's how they get their fix by going online and and just kind of causing mayhem and just being negative. And folks, get some positivity in your life. This is just I mean. <laughs> Get a dog, get a cat, pet something. Cat, cats bear. suck, you need, man. You need love, people. You need like some like come on, trolls. Find some love in your life because the hate is just not good for you. It's just not good. I mean, but you know what? Uh, you know what? I, I, we've su- oh, gone okay. on such a tangent. We've gone on such a tangent. Back, back to the original back, point. Back to the point. Yes, Freddie Adu, his career is not over. He has opportunities. He could still resurrect his career because you know what? Twenty eleven. 
when he was when he was, went to the second division in Turkey, how many people wrote him off then? Mm-hmm. How many people said, "Oh, he's done. We're never going to hear from him again." And guess what? Played in the Gold Cup, did really well in the Gold Cup, parlayed that into a multi-million dollar deal with MLS. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but like, you know what? Who knows? Maybe something can happen there. And Lord knows he does have fans. He does have his fans still. There are people who have not given up hope and who appreciate him for this technical ability that he has. Yes. And maybe, and who knows? You know what? Maybe we can see him do well. And you know what? If you're a U.S. fan, why don't you want him to do well? You should want the kid to do well. You should want him to figure it all out and 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 maximize as much of his ability as he can. Because the kid can still ball. I mean, I st- the Gold Cup final against Mexico, I still remember that first half was one of the best halves I've ever seen a U.S. team play. And he was a major part of that. And if you don't remember that, go to YouTube. The game is on YouTube. Go watch the first half of USA-Mexico. Watch Freddie do play. And I know, you know what, at this point, that's two and a half years ago, so it, it's been some time. And you know what, if that's too far back, go to the Olympic qualifying tournament. Go to the USA-El Salvador game, the infamous Nightmare in Nashville, but watch that game. Watch Freddie doing that game. He he took over that game. Yeah. He set up multiple goals in that game. Uh, so, it, like, for me, there's ability there. And you know what? He's got his flaws. He has his things he needs to work on. No doubt about it. But I don't know, folks. Don't don't throw dirt. Don't be so quick and don't be so eager to want to throw dirt on guys mm-hmm. like, like Freddie. Well, uh, That's well, all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Take a deep breath, Ivis. <laughs> uh, there you go. The, the, Woosah, yeah, the 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 other original original point was also curbing expectations with younger players. So, don't, everyone, don't forget that. So, everyone, take it easy on Julian Green. Just yeah, relax. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, I I, I did find it funny. Jer, Julian Green's father, Jerry Green, who is very active on Twitter, he he read the story and I guess he liked it. He definitely he he pumped it up and he 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 gets it too. It's like yeah. he, he he like think about it. Like he's the fa- he's Julian Green's father and he's even saying, "You know what? Yeah, folks, like take it easy. Let's not throw it. Let's not let, let the hype train slow down a notch." And it's I think as a fa- as a realistic father, he I'm sure he understands that he his 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 kid doesn't need any extra pressure. Well, exactly. His kid's got enough. Julian Green has enough pressure. You don't think being in Bayern Munich's system and 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 playing for Pep Guardiola and trying to make headway in that star-studded group isn't pressure enough? Like come on. Like he's he's got enough pressure, folks. Just just take it easy. Let's not put a let's not put the let's not put the halo on him yet. Let's not put the the you know the, the wings on him. He like let he's he's got talent, no doubt about it. He's got potential. He could be great for the U.S. He could be playing in the Olympics in 2016. All that stuff's well and good, but but just just take it easy. Just take it easy. Well, the other thing too is people know who he is. There's a lot of other young Americans, Ivis, who are in Europe who are also doing well. Not maybe not as well as him, but doing well. And then there's a countless list of players from America, youth players who go over and go on trial with you know Real Madrid, Liverpool, clubs like that. So. People need to expand their horizon, and, and for me, see other players before you jump on one guy like him. Because let, let's just, you know, who's the new flavor of the month, Ivis? Well, who's it going to be six months? Uh, you know, what I'm just saying though. Uh, you know how people are. You know what? I mean, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. You know, like I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> you got you got to wait till he does something. I mean, until he's scoring twenty I goals back to back seasons. Okay, then. Then you jump on that, but I'm sorry, if he does it one season. I know, I, I know, but but you get what I'm saying though. It's like. He scores let him, a let goal. Him play he won, first, yeah. Let him play as a. Let him be a pro first. Let him play in first division anywhere, whether it's on loan, 
whether whether it's getting a few more minutes with the first team if if he's lucky enough to do that with Bayern Munich uh you know let let, let him live let him let him let him grow up let him do his thing and, and and don't already throw so much on him and you know what i know some people will say and and it's fair some will say you know what but I, you're feeding into the hype too we're feeding into the hype SBI feed you know we've we've written multiple things on him i've written multiple columns on him but everyone wants to talk about him and i and, and i always like listen i can write multiple columns about the situation but you have not seen me write a column say julian green is the future julian green will lift the golden boot in 2018 or julian green has to be on the world cup team in 2014 or let's consider julian green on the world cup team for 2014 that stuff is nonsense and you do not see me writing that stuff and you won't see me writing that stuff that is exactly what i'm talking about folks like just the unrealistic stuff that gets floated out there, and I and you know what we're all you know we're all writing about Julian Green. You're seeing every website write about it. Soccer sites, non-soccer sites, which always makes me laugh when you get the general sports sites uh, trying to hit on what's the hot topic, and then they write about soccer when they know they don't know a thing about soccer really, and but then they have to put their posts up to try to jump in on the on the whole thing. It is what it is. But you know what, folks, I keep it realistic. And I, and anyone who listens to this show knows how I feel about younger players and taking it easy with them. And I'll say it again, yes. with Julian Green, take it easy. I feel the same way, Ivis. You got to include me in there. Yeah, fair enough. Oh my God, what was that? Why are you signing for? Well, you know what? I mean, it, it, all right. You work with you work with young players, so, and and you 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 have been known to, <sighs> to to enjoy enjoy hyping up young players. No, 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 no. My my thing is, I I, <laughs> I I compare them to the other kids in their age group. But please let let it be known. And I think anyone who's ever watched an MLS Reserve League game or watched one of those USL Pro, you know, USL MLS Reserve game crossovers, I, I think everyone who's watched that has hasn't seen academy kids like clearly be a step or two behind professional guys just in terms of physical speed technical ability everything else so i'm comparing them against other 18 year olds ivis take it easy <laughs> fair enough um <clears throat> keeping it as a long tangent keeping it americans abroad uh michael bradley ivis responded uh to jurgen klinsman's comments uh what were your, what were your kind of thoughts on, on what michael bradley had to say well, even though he's not an American abroad anymore, unless oh, you count true. Canada. Well, he's in you, actually, he's in Canada. Yeah. Technically, technically, he's an American abroad. If you want to get technical, actually, no, he's not. Not really. It's MLS. Um, but no, it, it was interesting. Uh, I did have a chance, it, it, and this is it, it's the funny thing. Michael Bradley, also part of that MLS media tour uh, at Red Bull Arena that I was fortunate enough to be at on Monday, and you know. Michael Michael Bradley was asked a bunch of questions about Toronto FC and about coming back and this and that. And it was just for me, it was just funny, like how no one was asking him about Jurgen Klinsmann and Jurgen Klinsmann's comments. And I'm just like, really? No one's going to ask him? So, of course, I had to be the guy to ask him. And I asked him. And and, and he I, I think he really wanted someone to ask that question. Like, I really got the sense that he was like, yeah. Good question. Like he actually said that. He was like, "Good question." Like he he, he wanted. Wait, to wait, it. wait. Did he really say that, or did you did you hear that? No, he I, he no. He said, "I have it. I have a recording. I'll I'll play it for you." But he done. He 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 sunk his teeth into it. He didn't he didn't mince words. His and he gave his explanation. He said, "You know what? When it comes down to it, we're you know, Americans are still faced with a situation where if they're matched up, if team if a team has a choice between an American player." And an uh, Argentine player uh, of equal quality, they're going to pick the Argentine player. So you can call it sour grapes. You can call it what you want, but that's the reality. This is, that's, that's what Michael Bradley said. Michael Bradley's been in Europe eight years. 
He's 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 played in you know four of the top leagues over there. Yeah, I, I think he might have a good sense of, of of what Americans have to face over there. So he you know he he didn't he didn't <clears throat> he didn't mince any words on that. He 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 just was matter of fact about it. And then I followed up and I asked him. I said, "Well, so do you not buy?" Because my initial question was about mm-hmm. Americans in the Champions League, and I asked him, "Why do you think there aren't Amer- more Americans in the Champions League?" And that's when he gave his his explanation. About you know if it's between an American and Argentine, the Argentine gets picked. So then I followed up with, so then you don't agree with Jurgen's Jurgen's assessment of of players lacking uh, American players lacking uh, uh, belief. And he said no. He he looked at me. He sh- he nodded his head and he said no. He didn't he didn't he didn't elaborate anymore. There was really no point to get into it anymore. But he said flat out no. He didn't agree to it. And you know what? I, I you will not find an American player who would agree with that. Maybe you'll find American players who will dance around it because they don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, piss off your Klinsman. But I I mean I would be hard pressed to find an American who would actually say you know what? Yeah, that is what it is, right? And 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 I know the the, the critics. Uh, the ones who think Jurgen was absolutely right will say, "Well, American players—they don't know any better. They—they—they don't, they, they don't. Of course, they don't think they lack belief, but they do." And it's like, "All right, whatever, folks. Whatever." I mean, that's—it's hilarious to me. But I—I I did find it interesting that Brad, that Bradley would would kind of just be that, that that just that forceful about the idea that there is still a stigma. There is still a stigma, and he's not alone in that. We we've seen Jerome Desmontan, the New York Red Bulls, uh, you know, front office guy, French guy. He was the former president of AS Monaco. Like we're talking about a guy who has has you know he knows what's going on in Europe. He's not American. He's he's dealt with MLS now. He's been on this side. He's been on the other side of the pond. And he flat out said, most you know he's you know teams over in Europe. If it's between an American player and and you know a European player or even an African player, they're going to take the other player. So you know is this complete crap? If it's I mean, how many people need to say this? Before people start believing that there's there's some truth to this, and that's what I found hilarious. Because once I put that up, you obviously got you got some folks that wanted to chew into it and say, "Oh, Michael Bradley's full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's a, he's a hypocrite. He came back. It's it, he's the exa- he's the actual reason why there's not more. Like because he should have stayed. And it's like really like you you know more than a guy who just spent eight years of his life. Uh, fighting for everything he got in Europe, but yet you know more than he does. Yeah, they know. You, you more. know what he went through. They, yeah, you know what he went through. You know the challenges that he faced over there. Really? No, not really. Just because it's what you think it is and what you assume it is doesn't mean that that's actually what it is. It's it, dude. This brings us back to the point, Ivis, of just letting these guys just live. Let them let them do their thing. They they know a lot more than we will ever know. Well, what, uh, yeah, here's that's like my thing is this like the guy has lived it like yeah. and you're gonna just totally discredit him. You're just gonna you're gonna say and and but of course it has it's it's about the fact that you know American media we baby our U.S. players we're we're fan we're too much we we we're too big fans of these guys so we can't be objective and we can't criticize these guys. This is what I heard. I've I've read this stuff. I've seen the tweets. Who says this stuff? And it, 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 it just makes me laugh. It's like, listen, folks, I've criticized as many players as anybody. I've criticized as many coaches as anybody. I call it like I see it. When it's time to criticize, I criticize. When, I, when it's time to praise, I praise. And I just find it hilarious that, that, the, that these people will completely discredit and completely ignore the opinions of a, of a player who spent eight years blazing trails, fighting for starting jobs, succeeding in multiple leagues in Europe. The guy started in the Bundesliga. 
The guy started in the Dutch league, was one of the top scorers in the Dutch league in four season. Started in Italy. First U.S. national team player to do that in 20 years. Played for two teams in Italy. But oh, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he has, he, he's, he, he's, he doesn't know what he's, it, it, it makes me laugh, folks. It is what I know. It is what it is. And you can't get too caught up in the trolls and the people who have their own, who have their real pointed opinions. And everyone's entitled to their opinions. And I'm entitled to say they're ridiculous. Yeah, I was getting a lot off your chest, man. A lot off your chest. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's funny. Funny what'll happen when you've been sick for yeah. a week and you're just like, you know, I feel good. I mean, I feel good today. Today, like you know, you just wake up when you've been sick for like a week, and you wake up and you're finally like almost completely healthy, and you feel as good as you felt in a week. That's me today. I ran a million errands. Uh, uh, what did you have to do? Took, what was the most important errand you had to do today? Uh, uh, different. Well, I had to work with my my oldest son. Uh, had to weigh in for his district tournament. I had to take him. We had to go to the gym and, and do a hardcore gym session to make sure he made weight, and he did make weight on the dot, which was perfect. It Good was for like him. A little victory for us tonight. Uh, so you know, it was just all this just just little things here and there, and uh, uh, you know, just just being just finally being able to get out of the house because not not only did I finally get healthy, but it hasn't actually snowed for like four days. Believe it or not. The snow's melting over here. It's it's actually quasi warm, uh, and by warm I mean the forties, which is warm these days in in Jersey. So no, it was good. It felt it was a good day. It was a good day. My day was not as good as yours. So sorry to hear it. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, well, the Michael Bradley thing. There's yeah, there's let those people just be dumb. Uh, I have a, uh, some uh, some good news on. Well, I don't know if it's good news, but. Uh, the the U.S. men's national team game versus Ukraine, which is going to be in Ukraine, is still on. Um, if you don't watch the news, there's a little bit of a political crisis going on uh, with Ukraine. So hopefully this game doesn't get moved. Ivis, it keeps going on, but you know if it does go on, hopefully the U.S. players will also be safe as well. It's an ugly situation in Ukraine right now. It's really bad uh, in the capital in, in Kiev. You, you've got you've got multiple. You got so many people uh, who have died yeah. now and clashes between the government uh, government soldiers and, and and protesters and it's a real ugly situation and it's and it's kind of it seems like it's spreading around the country uh so it just makes you wonder how realistic it is for that game to continue and uh what i do find interesting is that you've got ukrainian athletes that are in the winter olympics who are now leaving the winter olympics in protest of what's going on so if that's happening uh you know in two weeks are we going to see a ukraine team take the field Given all these situations, mm-hmm. you know everything that's going on, so that it, it, it's a, it's a real tenuous situation. U.S. soccer has not canceled or postponed the game yet, uh, but it doesn't look good. And 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 if it doesn't happen, it, I mean, it, obviously it'll be it'll be real unfortunate just for for what Jurgen Klinsmann needs to do with his friendly and taking a look at his European based players. But again, listen, this is we're talking about lives here. We're talking about a real unsafe situation, yes. and, and so that that takes precedent. And it, obviously, it'd be unfortunate if they can't get that game played, or if they need to move it. And you know what? If you have to move it, move it, right? Put yep. it in, play it in, play it in Germany. I mean, I'm sure Jurgen Klinsmann can get on the phone and can get himself a stadium, and and, and just because what matters is the game, right? I mean, that's what matters. But you know, who knows what's going on? It's it's a real for me. If I were a betting man, I think the game is going to get canceled just because yes. it's just. It's such an ugly situation. I mean, you see some of these images, and it's just yeah. ridiculous. So uh, I know people will say, but it's not happening where the game's going to be played. But listen, it's 300 miles away. 
I can guarantee you if 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 hundreds of people were dying in the streets of Washington D.C., I don't think there would be a game played uh, at MetLife Stadium or or Red Bull Arena. I just don't think it would happen. So uh, it's uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. And and I, I'm good either way. If they cancel it, I think everyone I think everyone should understand that it's just not a good situation. And if it does, if it and if it is played. Obviously, U.S. fans will be pretty happy about that. Yes, and if you don't know what we're talking about, seriously, go read the news, and hopefully, yes, the situation does get resolved because people are dying, man, and that's that's I mean, it's just that's that's not a good thing. Um, I mean, you have to also expect that the U.S. Soccer Federation is also you know maybe talking to other countries or, or whatnot and all that stuff. But hopefully, this gets worked out. Um, I was Landon Donovan, surprise, surprise, said that this is going to be his last World Cup ever. Are you surprised? I don't understand who was anyone really surprised by this. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, I, I you know what? I, I, I just that one had my that one had me scratching my head a bit because it's like, did did anyone have him penciled in for Russia? I mean, the guy nearly retired a year ago, and now he's going to stick around to twenty eighteen. I mean, that's. I mean, come on, people. I mean, it's just like it's no. Like, I, it's at some point it's got to end. Uh, five World Cups, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I don't know. I, I thought that was a little hilarious. I thought I thought the fact that there was such kind of a, but you know what? I think the reaction among people wasn't wasn't so so much surprised that he's not going to be around in 2018. But I think it's more of a realization that you know there will be a new generation yes. who's going to be part of that and who's going to lead that next generation. And, and Landon Donovan's not going to be the only one. I mean, there's going to be other players who. Who just you know the clock ticks on them, and four years from now they're they're mm-hmm. just gonna be past it. I mean, even Clint Dempsey. I mean, is Clint Dempsey realistically gonna be there in four years? That's uh, it's gonna. It's, I mean, yeah, it's Tim Howard. It's gonna be a coin toss. It's a it's a coin toss. So, well, again, Tim Howard. You know, Tim Howard. He might not. Uh, you know what? I can see Tim Howard as like a third goalkeeper uh, or a backup. I don't. I mean, I don't. He, I don't think he'd be starting at thirty eight. But um, but yeah. So there's gonna be a new generation in twenty eighteen. I mean, you could have. You know, Aaron Johansson leading the way. Uh, it, it, Paul Ju- Ariola, you Julian, know. Julian Green up top too. I didn't want to say it. You said it. See? It's your fault. You're the problem. Because I'm glad you said it. Because I almost said it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to. I'll, I'll take. I'll take the fall for the show. I've there, I've there. learned. There you go, um, Diego Fagundes. Yeah, anyway, well, uh, well, yeah, but that's the thing with Donovan. It's just like, look, he still is a great player, and could he possibly still be playing pro at thirty-five? Yes, if he wants to keep playing, I'm, he has the talent to. But I mean, come on, Ivis, he has lost a step. He's not what he used to be even two, three years ago. Four years from now, there's just with the way the U.S. is. Look, look this is the best World Cup team we've ever sent. Four more years from now, are we going to then say that this is the best World Cup team we've ever sent? I'll tell you what. My thing more is this. I don't know if Landon Donovan's going to want to keep playing soccer for four more years. I mean, he's got other things he wants to do, right? I mean, we've already established that. So I think if he gets this next World Cup under his belt, four World Cups, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and if he can win himself another MLS Cup, I mean, I could I could see him retiring in two years. I could see him. I could see his swan song being the 2016 Olympics. Maybe he gives that one more run. Oh, maybe you know whether they qualify. Assuming that they <laughs> qualify, we know that's not a given. But let's just say they, you know, the U.S. qualifies for the Olympics 2016. Maybe that maybe that's his last hurrah. So, uh, and then he, you know, he 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 goes off into the sunset. He does TV work. Yeah, you know, I think he seems kind of destined for that. He could do that TV kind of work. Role. He did a good job. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I think and he does impersonations. Um, I mean, look at that. That's that's gold right there. News uh, and comedy. <laughs> I'm a Champions League player. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, he, he'd be great. So, but you know what? It, it happens. People retire. People move on. 
happened to you know in recent years obviously claudia reina brian mcbride eddie pope uh it, it, it's just life goes on the next generation comes in uh, obviously landon donovan is a unique case because we're talking about the best american you know best u.s national team player of all time so it's gonna just be weird when we get to a world cup and it'll be the first world cup since 98 where there's no landon donovan so i mean knock on wood barring anything crazy happening in the next four months before brazil but you know it, it, it life goes on that's what it is and, and someone will take his place and you know what 20 years from now uh landon donovan will just kind of be a footnote in a, in in the history books and and we'll be talking about some other player who's just about to retire. You could be talking about my future son. We, that's what you could be talking about. Your current son? Your current son? <laughs> no, well, he hasn't <laughs> born yet. I guess. I mean, okay. Yeah, I, mean, you try, I mean, I, you know, some kid in the Caribbean that we don't know about. I mean, no, there. I, I, I you, part, you partied a lot. Let's I did, but I, I've done. I, all right, re- okay. I did so, my homework. Check, check the Bahamas national team. Just, Let's see if there's you, any gingers playing for them right now. <laughs> You take it easy. I did my homework. That, that's, what, that's what Facebook. That's what Facebook's for. You do your homework. Um, Ivis, <laughs> completely moving. Uh, just something totally not related to anything we're talking about. Uh, the 2014 International Champions Cup has been released. It's the schedule. This happened last year. We saw teams like Real Madrid participate. LA Galaxy uh, play in it. I Chelsea, I think, played in it too. Um, so all the, all the teams are back. It's, it's problem is Ivis. I, I was thinking about this. It's it starts two weeks after the final match at the World Cup. So I don't know if all the stars are going to be participating in this. Yeah, you know, I tell you what, this is going to be an interesting summer because you've got the World Cup going on. That's everyone's going to have their attention, you know, on the World Cup, and a lot of people are going to try to go to the World Cup. A lot of people are going to go to the World Cup. And then there's going to kind of be a little hangover, right? I mean, I know when the World Cup's going on, there's going to be a lot of buzz for soccer, a lot of interest in soccer. And I guess the question is going to be, is that going to carry over into this competition? Uh, Obviously, I know the organizers are hoping to capture that buzz, capture that interest of the casual fans that that, that have, have adopted soccer this this summer and they're going to be looking for games to watch, you know, games to see in person. Uh-huh. They want to, they're going to want to have chances to see their, their favorite players up close and personal. Um, but I just, I don't know, man. Well, I just wonder what, what the, what, what's the, is there still as strong a market for these games? I'm just curious. Well, I think there is, but the thing is, is, Okay, let's just say, you know, like Wayne Rooney does well. I mean, then they can market Manchester United as, you know, Wayne Rooney led England to, a, you know, barely group stage exit and got knocked out, you know, or something like that. I don't know. And then, you know, Ronaldo with Real Madrid. But then I was thinking, it's like, come on, like, Real Madrid comes to Phoenix and plays Inter Milan two weeks after that game. Like, is Cristiano Ronaldo really going to be at this game? No. Like, there's just, there's no way. There's no way he's going to well, be at this game. He'll be there because they're not going to make it out of the group stage because the U.S. is going <laughs> to knock him Oh, yeah, that's off. right. Come that's on, good man. Point. Get it together, Garrett. Oh, my God. Stop <laughs> it. They sound like a, you sound like a fan right now. Uh, I'm just but saying. I'm other, saying. other teams participating, Ivis, uh, as I said, Inter Milan, Roma is participating in it. Manchester United, uh, Liverpool. I mean, think about it. Suarez does well. They can market like, "Come see Suarez. He scores goals and bites people." You know, I mean, <laughs> come but, on. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That only, that only happened twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, o- only <laughs> happened two times. <laughs> uh, now, nah, you know what though? I think it's good. Uh, you know, it's good for them to, to to have it in markets that. That that maybe are hungry for 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 some high end soccer, and I think it'll be a good event. I'm just curious to see uh, if they can st- if they can sell if they can they can sell these games if they can sell these games out if there's still that buzz if if they're going to capture 
uh, real, real buzz from the World Cup, and 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 that's going to carry over. I mean, I'm, I tell you what, uh, obviously we're gonna we're gonna want to see how it affects MLS and how many how many new kind of soccer fans are going to come in and look at MLS and and want to want to come watch MLS games. So it, it's I'm it's going to be an interesting summer, man. I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And dude, seasons. See, MLS season starts in two weeks, so uh, I mean, I guess it's happening all pretty quickly. Wow, two weeks! Yeah. I gotta start getting my. I gotta start packing up for my my West Coast swing. I'll be out there. Uh, I'll be out there for the start of the MLS season. I will be in Seattle and Portland, and after that, I will be in Los Angeles for Club Tijuana LA Galaxy Concacaf Champions League showdown. Wait, so, wait, wait! When? When? When is that? Well, the March, March, right after the opening weekend. Oh, I might be. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm checking the schedule. March, March, Wednesday, March twelfth. <sighs> oh, that's too bad, man. I, I'm not in LA till two weeks after that. We could have had SBI reunion. That would have hey, been SBI. Hey, that would have been SBI reunion already, number two. We already have it lined up for April. USA, Mexico, and SBI show party. It's all going to go down. Oh, uh, and presented by AZKicksIt.com, right? <laughs> so, all right, hey. If you're going to be paying for the bottle service, you can, you can sponsor it all you want. Yeah, with what money? I've already told everyone about the party, though. Everyone I know. So, like, 13 people. But they're all coming. <laughs> Sorry, it's like 12 girls, but it's good. It's all <laughs> why, it's all why do you got to imply things like that? Because you're a pimp. Everybody knows it. No, no they don't. You see, you don't need to say things like this because <laughs> parents at the business that I work, they listen to this show. And they ask me things like this about it when they see me in person. Garrett is a saint. I'm just being sarcastic. <laughs> He's a choir boy. That's not actually that's not true. Uh, all right, Alex, that wraps up the show. Uh, you have a good weekend, man. Yes, sir. I think is that it. Yeah. When are, what's today? It? Thursday. So all right, Thursday. we will be back on Sunday. I think. Well, well you maybe. know what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm in San Diego. Sunday, I'm in Monday. S- <laughs> we might have to do Monday. I'm in San Diego this weekend. So oh, uh, that's right. Depending yeah. on, depending on when I get back, you know. Yeah, I don't think we're ready for the three three shows a week yet. Uh, I think we're gonna have to hold that know. off. So yeah, let's come back on Monday. Monday, that sounds good. I'm okay with that. Oh, that works out well because I don't have a I don't have a co-ed game that night. So perfect, perfect. So it's oh, by well. the way, by the way, yeah. for anyone that listened to the last show and was curious about whether Garrett cleverly scored, finally scored a goal <laughs> for his co-ed team. His co-ed team scored ten goals. One and they won their game. They scored ten goals. Garrett, how many goals did he score? Zero. Zero. Just so you know, he did have an assist. Apparently, though. yeah. The the goalkeeper on our team, who just learned how to play soccer a year ago, played target for it for us, and I mean, a beautifully, you know, placed ball by you know yours truly to the middle of the box. And you know, for him, it was just an easy little deflection. In but that guy freaking scored. Hate that guy. You like the you like the ginger Mezit Ozil. I can't score. That's <laughs> uh, you know what the problem is. Yeah, well, you're exactly you're exactly like yeah. Hey, he can't score either. He missed the. PK. You know the problem is I'm more concerned with passing the ball. You know, padding my you know passing stats up, the accuracy, you know, stuff like that. That's what I'm more concerned with. You're you're a maestro. You're a creative midfielder. You are you you like to pull the strings. No, not really. I got a, I got brought down to earth the other day. I, I the academy coaches were like, "Come play soccer with us," and I was like, "Okay." And, you know they all, actually they all actually pro and they, I got worked the other day pretty bad. Actually, Garrett just doesn't have to shoot, so he just doesn't bother. He just passes the ball. That's true. Well, no, whatever. Well, no, <laughs> false. I I scored at the time the game winning goal in the MLS Cup. No, not the MLS, the Media Cup in Kansas City. Franco can confirm that I scored it. Every, everyone else can confirm that. Lots of people there can confirm that. 
I, I got to see the video. I scored it. Okay, all right, check this out. This better give me some props by everyone listening to the show. This I, is when everyone can turn the show I, off. I now. scored the goal against that, that Finnish guy who does those kick TV things. I scored on that guy. No one knows who you're talking about. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. People who watch. It's the trick shot. It's the trick shot goalkeeper. No, you, you've talked on. enough on this show. This is the Garrett Cleverly experience now. It was it's, 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 it's that <laughs> finished trick, trick shot goalkeeper. Dil- delete. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping all this. Uh, all right, Ivis. You have a good weekend, man. I'll have a good weekend, and I, I will talk to you. Uh, I'll talk to you on Monday. Yes, sir. We'll be back next week, folks. And just so you remember, if you haven't yet. Please put uh, give us a review on iTunes. It doesn't have to be a perfect review, but if you feel like giving us a perfect <laughs> review, go right ahead. Hook us up with some five stars. We recently got a three stars review. Thanks a lot, there, buddy. I'm looking for you. Uh, but yeah, you know whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah, he yelled at you. First time ever. No one yelled at me. I was like, I was like, yes. <laughs> so you know, if you could find it, if you could find some kindness in your heart and you want to give us a positive review, go right ahead. And uh, and also, as always, you know, if you want to make comments uh, in the comment section, yes. offer suggestions, let us know what you'd like to hear more of, what, what you do like about the show, what you don't like about the show, like our end of the show rants. We already know people don't like them, so you Whatever. don't have to tell us. Yeah, they have to deal with it. I mean, also let us know what <laughs> guests you want, you know, what Hollywood, you know, uh, A-listers you want us to get on the show. You know, just, you know, simple stuff. We will try to get 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 back in the rhythm of the guests, guest situation. Uh, it, it's just tough because we record so late at night. So we're gonna try to. Uh, hopefully next week we can we can do some daytime recording and uh and get a couple of coaches on, especially with the season. Mm-hmm. Ju- MLS season's just around the corner, so uh, we're gonna have to start getting some coaches on to talk about the new season. Yes, I guess that's my job as a producer. So uh, I'll get right on that. Ivis, um, you uh, you have a good weekend, buddy. Thanks, man. <laughs> and as always, everyone, as I've said, and as as we always say, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes and the comments. We'll be back again next week. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>